Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, first off, I think we have to wish a certain someone happy birthday, right? Whose birthday is it? I- I'm terrible with birthdays. It's the Dallas Cowboys' oh, birthday. Geez. Today, they turned 60 years old uh, as they were founded on January 28th, 1960. So, happy birthday to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you don't look a day past 60. Perfect. Awesome. That's a great way to start the <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, we're going to answer some of your guys' Twitter questions today. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right, in it, right into this, Landon. Um, let's start with this question from John. Uh, who is your favorite coach hiring this season? Uh, he says his is John Fossil. I have to agree. I love the Fossil hiring, but I want to hear your opinion, Landon. Which one has been your favorite so far? Well, if you're going to make me skip over all the rest of the birthday wishes that I was going yeah, sure. to give out. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I like the John, I, I think the John Fossil one, the reason it, like, is so exciting is because you feel like that's where the uh, most recognizable, easy to kind of put your finger on, and, and, and maybe largest improvement uh, from between previous coach to new coach is, right? Yeah, like, I, was, I think it's I, very... I was going to say, this is like when you, like, you're like you dating a girl that's like a three or four, and you go all the way up to like a seven or eight. Oh, man. It's not, not a perfect coach, but just the, the difference is such, uh, such a, uh, an outstanding difference that that's why it's our favorite. That's a terrible analogy. Interrupting my, <laughs> my, birth, my birthday wishes for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is very similar to that, I guess. And, I mean, and look, it's, very, it's what it is is that it's just it's very plain to see how much improvement there could be just by Absolutely. changing out the names. Yep. You know, I think I think with McCarthy and Garrett as head coach, it's okay. We feel good, but we got to wait and see. Uh, you know, there's no change with Moore. Obviously, we think he might be a better a year with the year another year under his belt. Uh, with with Nolan, it's still kind of an unknown, and, and you know, despite how terrible the defense was at times last year, you know, there's a lot of high regard for for Marinelli. So it's not like we rob Ryan him out of town. Right. You know, it's like he he is still kind of highly regarded. So there are still some people looking at those situations, kind of. Well, what what are we going to get? Is it going to be better? I mean, new doesn't necessarily mean better. I think with the John Fossil replacement of O'Quinn, I just think it is so clearly an improvement, just at the very least, of the person coaching, uh, because it goes from a guy with a ton of experience, a ton of great experience, a guy that's revered as a head coach there, to a guy who, I mean, admittedly did not know what, know what he was doing. No, no. Uh, and, and, and as, like I said, it, like we've said before, is not even in the profession of coaching anymore. So I, I think that's why we're all excited about him the well, most. Well, that, and I think Jerry Jones put it well earlier, uh, you know, last season when he said, of the three units between offense, defense, and special teams, special teams is the most about coaching rather than just sheer talent, right? You can have a lot of talent mm-hmm. on special teams, but if you don't have a coach that knows how to use it, uh, to its full stabilities, uh, you're not going to get a productive unit. And I think that's why so many people are excited about the Fossil hiring, uh, because he is re- widely regarded as one of the best 
in the entire NFL. So uh, I do agree with that one. Any other ones, like any positional coaches that you are, are particularly excited about? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about a, a variety, a number of these. But yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm very excited to see uh, Tom Sula. I think everyone's uh, excited too. to see what yeah. Tom Sula does. I, I, it's just because of the fact that we were all concerned that there was going to be a huge drop off from Marinelli to whoever would be the the next That's defensive line coach. I think with Tom, Tom Sula. I think you you feel like it's it's. Uh, not as much of a drop off, if any drop off at all. I, I I probably am one of the only people. Maybe I'm not, but I'm excited to see what Joe Philbin brings. That's a good one because yep. I think uh, not even just as an offensive line coach, but as a run game uh, designer. I just think that uh, I think part of uh, what he can do is scheme up uh, some interesting run stuff, and especially when you consider Dak's abilities in here and what they've got uh, in their their kind of jet sweep package and that sort of thing. I'm interested to see what Philbin can draw up and, and, and deploy with, with, with his mind. Uh, I would add Doug Newsomeyer going from tight ends coach to quarterback coach. Uh, I know that's somebody that Dak is really close with, uh, who had a big impact sometimes on the game planning, uh, and the game, you know, calling through, you know, on, throughout the week. Um, so just seeing him being kept is a big one for me. Um, let's go ahead and on to a different question. This one from Ben. Uh, I would like to hear y'all's opinion on the Rob Davis hire and your perceptions as to what his role will be. Um, this is a good one, Landon, because we were actually talking about this in a DM a couple days ago. Uh, I'm curious <laughs> on, about your takes on Rob Davis. First of all, <laughs> to whoever <laughs> to whoever tweeted and then deleted the comment about Rob Davis being uh, an African-American Brian Broaddus. <laughs> it's great. Please don't, I want, don't delete I, that tweet. Don't delete it because let me, let me be clear. I, in the DMs, I told these guys that exact same thing. So you guys, so we're all on the same page with this. Whoever that was that tweeted that out, the former long snapper, worked at Green Bay personnel department, left football for a while, then came back. I, I, I it's. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we'll be calling him the White Rob Davis. Pretty. I mean, the White Brian Brown. Brian brought us the White Rob yeah. Davis. Pretty. So, uh, I look. I think this is a very interesting hire. Um, you know, I, I think that's. That, that's clear. I mean, I think everyone kind of looked at this and, and looked at the specifics of it and, um, you know, we're, we're kind of scratching their heads and, and, and wondering, you know, what, how does this guy fit? You know, he, he's, he's being labeled as a coach, but he doesn't really have any coaching experience, you know, and, and, and I think that's, uh, and, he, and not only that too, like he was named the assistant coach, you know, so, um, I think that, when you look at what he has done previously, he spent a long time in the Green Bay front office mm-hmm. as a personnel guy, um, and then when he left football, he he left to kind of go into the business world. And I was trying to was desperately trying to find it, but I can't. I I actually <laughs> I tracked down his LinkedIn <laughs> and looked at his at his business at his his own description of what his job title was, and and basically. Everything I've been reading and, and everything that I've kind of gathered based on what Marinelli's looking for, I mean, not Marinelli, uh, uh, McCarthy's looking for in, his, in, in this situation, this guy looks like he's a culture minister. Yeah, I would agree. You know? yep. I, I, I mean, I think that's essentially what he was doing at his new job was kind of team building, you know, getting, creating a culture that was uh, the positive culture work environment for them to work in. Um, you know, I think it's a lot of of that, I also think that he can fill. The other aspect of this, I, I don't know that people have considered, is that before McCarthy, well, when McCarthy was in Green Bay, 
he didn't have a lot of uh, of control over over personnel decisions. I mean, it was, a, it was Ted Thompson running the show. Uh, I think he you know, gave some input there, uh, but I think that the idea is that you know having Garrett leave. Garrett had a heavy stick in the personnel room here. I think the idea is that McCarthy is going to have a similar stick, maybe not more, but a similar stick. But I think that that's not necessarily something that he's completely comfortable and familiar with. And I think enters you now enters Rob Davis, right? Yep, Who exactly understands exactly what McCarthy wants is a guy that he can trust to be, you know, a, a, a representative of the coaching staff while still understanding how to navigate the politics of a war room. Um, and then on top of that, you know. The other side of his job is is basically being the guy in the locker room. I, I would imagine who is the the guy that the teams can you know that helps promote the the, the culture of the team, creates a, a, a solid culture inside the locker room, and and, and I would imagine to be a, a conduit to the head coach himself, a, a, a person that the, the players feel uh, will feel comfortable going to. Uh, and talking to and, 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 and expressing their frustrations, that sort of thing, and then knowing that that you know will make its way to the head coach, and that and, and they don't feel uh, that the pressure of, of having to approach the head coach directly, or if they don't feel like they have a relationship with the coach like that, that they're still getting heard. And I think that that's you know I think that's really important. I think you hear, you hear people like uh, Randall Cobb, who obviously had some experience with him, even though he wasn't even in this kind of role at Green Bay, he was basically just a front office guy. Refer to him as a legend. So I, I, you know, I think that there there is something here that he is going to help promote uh, culture. He's going to be kind of a conduit between the players and the coaches, and also, like I said, a familiarity in the war room. I think all of that is really going to help Mike McCarthy in this role. Yeah, I think Rob Davis's official role is assistant head coach. Uh, my guess is he's going to be more like assistant to the head coach, right? He's going to be doing some of the dirty work maybe that McCarthy doesn't have time for. Maybe that's the personnel, you know, watching other teams, uh, maybe looking, you know, scouring through some of the free agents, getting workouts set up for guys that specifically fit this team. Uh, I do like to hire. I think it's just somebody interesting that they brought in. Uh, we'll see what his role is and maybe what it grows to be over the next couple of years. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some more Twitter questions. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better, Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, uh, this next one comes from at Cold Boys TM. He says, does Mike Nolan's interview yesterday worry you about the chances of keeping Byron Jones? Now, I'm going to read you the quote that he had. Uh, Nolan shared a story of, of, from Troy Aikman uh, discussing ball hot cornerbacks when he said, 
I'm not really concerned with throwing at a corner that is just going to knock the, the ball down. I throw in completions all the time. But when I throw at a corner like Dion, I got to be concerned about a pick six. Uh, do you think he's saying that kind of stuff into, you know, relation to re-signing somebody like Byron Jones who, who has a history of not creating a lot of turnovers, but is, you know, one of those guys that has a low completion percentage when you target him? Uh, do you think the Cowboys, you know, are, are, are moving on from Byron here? I, you know, I mean, I think that you could easily read these tea leaves as that. Um, you know, I, I maybe. I, I don't. I, I don't think I would rule it out. I mean, I just don't know that it's necessarily sealing his deal or either way. Really, I, I, to me, I can understand them wanting to kind of turn over the defensive backfield a little bit, and I can also kind of understand the idea that. Maybe that they would like to start drafting more defensive backs, rotating these guys in, and seeing if they can kind of find talent that way. Uh, you know, look, I, I, I think Byron Jones is uh, a fantastic player. I think, you know, he's been a, a very good player for the Cowboys. But I also think that a lot of this incredulousness over not being able to sign you know that the Cowboys aren't may not sign Byron Jones. I mean, I think that all forgets that you know before they picked up his fifth year option. I mean, no one was really sure what Byron Jones was. Yeah, that's you fair. know. I also and think, I think before I was also think they made their decision last offseason uh, when they Probably, decided yeah. to, to sign Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Lyle Collins, and Jalen Smith to a long term contract. Right? They knew they couldn't yeah. get all these guys done, so that's why. Those comments from Nolan don't really bother me because I think the Cowboys front office has already made up their mind yeah. as to what they're doing here. I think without, I mean, you know, look, we talked about this last offseason, if I remember correctly. I think without Chris Richard, you know, it's it opens things up to being a little bit more unknown as to what you're going to get with Byron Jones next season after you give him a whole bunch of this money. And I think that's... That would make me nervous. Speaking, you know, of, I, I, I like, speaking of Chris Richard, has he got a job yet? I haven't seen it. Man, that's if he that's has. quite a turnaround. Interviewing for head coaching jobs the year before, and then the next year you can't even find, you know, a job, let alone a defensive coordinator job. It's kind of that's. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it makes me wonder. Like, it really, further makes me wonder what. Really went down, yeah. <laughs> with with Chris Richard and Bid Bluff, so yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, dig a little bit more there to see what actually. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, Lane, I'm gonna set you up for a little bit of a teaser here, right? I'm I'm, oh I'm gonna let oh you boy. do the tease. Okay. Are you ready? This one comes from Zach. Yeah. Does Cole Komet make it to pick 51? We're gonna do a show on tight ends later this week, but I just want to give have you give us a little tease on what you think about Cole Komet. I, if it's me, Cole Komet's making it to 51. <laughs> um, you just ruined the whole show right there. <laughs> oh, 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 well, I thought I was supposed to answer the question, no, but not, but not the tease <laughs> Cole Komet thought process. Uh, I, you know, look, I don't, we'll talk about the tight, we'll talk about the tight ends later. There you go. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think he, I think he probably does. I, 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 you know, I, I think that maybe two or three weeks ago he doesn't. Uh, because the the tight end uh, cupboard looks so bare, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, but I think the Senior Bowl kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to uh, some of these other d- the tight ends that I'm also sure that we'll talk about I, later. I was, there you go. I was going to say, I, we haven't <laughs> even mentioned the name, and I know that you've found another tight end that you like. This, this is going to be well, so much it, fun. And, and it's, it's not even necessarily that I you know, that I like those other tight ends a ton more than Cole Komet. That's not even what it's about. I, I think that Cole Komet in general – was being pushed up, and frankly, I think the you know maybe even the reason he entered the draft this year I, is because the, yeah. the, the the tight end class was so bad, Absolutely. you know, hundred percent. Yeah. So I I don't know that Cole Komet is so you know worthy of a top sixty pick, but I think that the the scarcity at the position and him being, we'll talk about it, him seemingly being a the kind of top prospect who could be an all-around tight end just based on body type. Sure. Uh, I will say it like that. Uh, (laughs) I think, think, you know, that had artificially pushed him up. So what I guess I'm saying is now that you've seen a couple more tight ends kind of make their way onto the scene, I wonder if it doesn't kind of push the whole position down a little bit because now you're like, well, I can wait. It's not like I have to go get – Cole Komet, and or I'm not getting a tight end out of this class anymore. And now you're not having to compete with the you know what other six other teams that are all thinking about drafting a tight end and wondering how early you have to do it in order to 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 beat them. You know. Here's what I would say about that. If if you want to listen to a show where we're going to argue a lot and we're going to get heated, make oh sure boy. you turn into uh, oh or tune into boy. the next uh, episode because. Oh, we have some boy. different takes on some of these tight ends, and I can't wait to discuss it. Uh, I didn't realize it was like that. I mean, we, we, we've spoken about him in, D, in the DM a little bit, but I, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, okay. we'll, we'll save it. All right. All right. That's we'll good. save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. All right. Uh, Landon, this next one comes from at Buck Dancing. Um, he just says, more team speed. I'm going to kind of change this question for a second. <laughs> That's all it says. Says. Speed. Speed. Um, <laughs> what positions could use an upgrade in terms of athleticism and speed? Uh, wide receivers, one that we've mentioned, maybe trying to get a little faster in that slot position. Uh, I know you've fallen in love with a certain Alabama wide receiver, uh, but is there any other spots on the team, maybe specifically in the offense, where they could get a little faster? I love that you said that I fell in love with a specific Alabama wide receiver, and that literally could be three guys. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, actually, four. There's four uh, that are going to be drafted. In the first four round of them actually all be drafted. Yeah. Uh, what, what, I'm sorry. What was the question again? What, Ask it one more time. What positions? What are position speed? needs Do more we need speed? More speed at. Well, I mean, speaking of tight end, oh, uh, you know, go. I think there's there's one that could use a little bit more athleticism. I think you know this is a position that is trended towards the the Jason Witten. Um, you know, model of, of tight end. And I think as time has gotten on and he's gotten older and older, older, it's just dragged the athleticism down at the position more and more. So, uh, you know, Blake Jarwin is obviously a, a shot in the arm as he's going to get a, a lot of those snaps. But I also think that uh, potentially getting another athlete at the position wouldn't be the worst thing. I, um, I, I think, uh, what about, yeah, defense, I mean, what about like a defensive end? Because, I mean, Robert, sure. Robert Quinn doesn't come back. You're looking at Demarcus Lawrence, who is a fantastic defensive end, but doesn't have a ton of speed. And then the other guys are Joe Jackson, Tyrone Crawford, Jalen Jelks. Uh, just hey, not a lot of speed there. I wouldn't be at all surprised if uh, draft day we come comes around and the LSU player that we pick is not Delpit, mm. uh, but KV on Chase. Let's hope so, that doesn't happen. 
Well, I know you don't <laughs> like him, but I'm just saying, like, I know, I it wouldn't think, surprise me. No, it really wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 not outside the realm of possibility, and I, I think you know there, some athleticism. There. I think that they need a solution as an, at another pass rushing position because even if Robert Quinn shows up, I I, I imagine you still need a, another young pass rusher to develop there because that's not a, a long term solution. Yeah, I would agree. I mean. Quinn is an interesting one to me. Is that somebody that you try to re-sign in free agency? Uh, I mean, he. I feel for that dude. Like every everywhere he for the, like the last four I, stops he's gone to, he goes somewhere, and then the coaching staff changes. I, all, I, yes, all the he's one change. of these players that I don't understand why so many are hard on him. And you look at like the stats, and you just kind of ignore all the outside noise. He was number one in the NFL in pass rush win rate, uh, according to ESPN. Uh, he produces. He, he there's a couple times he had sacks. Where he, you know he, he was right around the quarterback. To me, he seems like the perfect pair with uh, Demarcus Lawrence. I, I don't understand why so many people are down on the Cowboys bringing him back. He's actually been pretty healthy oh, the last oh. two years, anyways. Oh, literally the only reason I wouldn't bring him back is is money. Like you know, I mean, if he's willing to come back on a on a deal that the Cowboys feel like they can handle, then they should absolutely re-sign him for another one year deal. Okay, well then what, what like, I, what's the tipping point there? At what point do you say mm, it's too much money? Because to me, I think fifteen, sixteen. That's about. I mean, that's about the going rate for those kind those kind of pass rushers. I mean, he's he's in that same tier as uh, a Preston Smith who got absolutely paid last year. He's more proven than a Zadarius Smith who got paid last year. That's kind of the going rate, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, 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 it seems I was like a thinking lot, something it's... like twelve or thirteen. You know, <laughs> that's where I was like I was thinking, but uh, I mean, that's yeah, it's just that's the price you have to pay to have good pass rushers anymore. I would be cool with giving him twelve to thirteen, and then giving him a bunch of incentives that he could easily earn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. If, if yep. he's if he's producing, then I don't mind paying him that much. Uh, it's just I have concerns about. I mean, even though he's consistent and hasn't had a ton of injury issues, uh, it's just a lot of money to give a thirty-year-old pass rusher, thirty-one-year-old uh, pass rusher. It is, you know, but so. man, he's he's still so good. He's produced. Yeah. He's weird. Like and that's the yeah. thing is that I I don't think I, and people don't consider like because he's a, a hired gun these last few years. People think that he's being cast off by these teams, but really, he's being very smart. He's signing these one-year deals. He keeps smart, producing. Yeah. He's getting a ton of money, and it's all being guaranteed because he's doing one-year deals. So it's it's yeah. I I have to I feel like he's actually doing this the right way as far as earning his cash in the league. All right, Landon. This is our last question, and actually, about six different people asked this question a different way. Uh, so I'll kind of just condense it here. Um, a lot of people want to know, why don't the Cowboys not re-sign Amari Cooper, sign a big-name defensive tackle in free agency such as Chris Jones, or even a defensive end such as Jadavion Clowney, um, you know, instead of using that money on Cooper, get a big-time defensive player, and then use one of your draft picks to, to draft a receiver in this class that's really deep. It, it seems like that's becoming a more popular solution to solving some of the team needs for the Cowboys. Um, what do you think about that? Do you agree with it at all? I, I don't agree. I, I because okay, I good. think wide receiver. I'm, I'm, I'm think, glad that you agree with me there. Yeah, I, I I think that wide receiver is much more impactful position at this point in the NFL 
especially that kind of wide receiver. You know, like Cooper's not a guy that can be ignored. The last thing um, I want to do is make life on Dak Prescott harder, right? Yeah. But that's yeah. Offense is more stable year to year than defense. If you have a good offense and specifically a good passing attack, we know this team's going to run well with Zeke and the offensive line. If you can sustain a good passing attack, this team is going to be in a lot of games. I don't know why yeah. people want to go away from Amari. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's, he's not perfect. Cooper, he has he, his flaws, but he, he, he's a great receiver. That was cool. That was a bad year for Cooper. That, yeah, that it really is. Let me, say, let me say that. That was a bad year for Cooper. He had 1,100 whatever yards and like, you know, I, I mean, my point being that that's, this is a floor type area for him. Yes. You yeah. know, like, so he, <laughs> the, the dude can do incredible things. And, and, and I, and I, I listen, I understand the, the thought process here. I, I, I think that he's not necessarily, uh, the guy that you every single week you're going to be able to target ten times. I think he's going to. I think his presence on the field is value enough to pay him, even when he's not producing at a high level, because he is creating for the other players around him. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that getting rid of Cooper just creates a larger problem. While solving a smaller problem, I would agree, by yeah. using his money on defensive players, it's pretty clear too that Prescott and Cooper have a connection. Uh, it's somebody that Dak really trusts. The last thing I'm doing is getting rid of him, forcing Michael Gallup to become a number one receiver. Uh, Gallup had 13 drops last year in you know the 14 games that he played. Uh, that's far too many. I really, really like Gallup. I think he can be an excellent number two. He's not ready for that big-time role yet. No. And whatever yeah. receiver you draft, even if it's in the first or second round, I- I'm not sure they're ready to be a guy that you rely on. You know, you give 120 targets a season. So, uh, I want to win by scoring. Like, let's let, – I mean, I, I, I agree with Jeffrey. Like, yeah. let's go score 40 points. No, it's Don't not that add, hard. Add, add, they're really not that far off from being – I mean, 40 is excessive. But it's not that inconceivable to think that they could average 30, 31, 32 points a game next season. They're not that far add off. An, add another receiver. Add another threat. Don't take another threat away. Yeah. And don't take a threat away and then try to replace them and then try to get better by replace. No. Add more. You've got a young, talented pieces in place. Don't just replace the one because you don't like the money of – you don't like paying a really good player at his position. Like I agree. Y- you may not have the ability to draft somebody with the skill set of Amari Cooper in the near future. I, I, don't let that person walk out of the building. I just want to say really quickly, um, the Chiefs going into the 2018 season – uh, they already had a all pro or a Pro Bowl receiver on the roster in Tyreek Hill. They already had a All Pro tight end in Travis Kelsey. What's the first move they made in free agency? Going out and paying Sammy Watkins. They knew the value yep. of surrounding a young quarterback with just a ton of weapons earlier in their career, even if it's at the sake or the expense of a defense. It doesn't matter as long as the quarterback can produce and is staying productive and improving. Uh, your team is on the right track. Uh, and, and 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 one more thing. Yeah. Just don't don't get rid of Amari Cooper the year before you're about to bring in a West Coast type coordinator. I, I mean, we're about to run a ton of slant patterns next year, guys. And there's nobody we better don't in the league than Amari at slant. I mean, except for maybe Odell Beckham Jr. And, and outside of that, Amari Cooper is the best slant runner in the entire league. So 
why would you get rid of that guy when you're about to run a whole bunch of Absolutely. those routes? I 100% agree. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, go to iTunes, leave a review. Uh, tell us about the tight ends that you want us to watch and you want to study. Again, we're going to be doing that show uh, later in the week. Make sure you guys tune in for that. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.